my love. I am so happy and so pleased to announce that this episode is brought to you by my very own company, Savage Chocolates, which is all about cultivating a more loving relationship to your body and to food. You know, we don't really believe in guilty pleasure. We just believe in pleasure done well. Right? Have you ever had that uh, candy bar or a thing of ice cream and you eat it and you're like, wait, I don't, I don't remember eating that. <laughs> wait, where'd that go? <laughs> well, that's why I created Savage Chocolates because I know the importance of pleasure. And I think that we don't slow down enough to actually experience it. And so... If you are wanting to eat mindfully, if you are wanting to be reminded of how to actually experience your pleasure, then please go to www.savagelosangeles.com to order your goods. All right, you guys, let's get to it. Ah, Marnie Batista, thank you so much for coming on Savage Lifecast. I love it. I, you know, love, just love the word savage. So, so it's like a word in my family. We're like savage. And it's yes. just, well, you know, it is awesome. a buzz, it's a, it's a major buzzword right now. And, um, my last name is Silvaggio, which in Italian means savage. Oh, I love it. Okay. Yeah. Well, anyway, I, yeah, I'm so happy to be here. <laughs> I'm so stoked. Um, okay. So for my little savages out there, can you talk to us a little bit about who you are, what you do and how you show up in the world? I'm going to answer with how I show up in the world first, because so I work, uh, I work with very successful women who, uh, have everything going on in their life, but they can't figure out the love thing. So I'm sitting, so you and I were talking before the show, it's pandemic when this is recorded. Well, the end, I don't even know what it is, but I have an empty nest and all my birdies came back and they're of multiple ages, 25 to 18. And we were talking about, um, what what kind of egg are you? Ooh. <laughs> so, Ooh. right? So one of my daughters is like her older sister. She's just like an egg, right? She's got that hard shell and there's this like viscous stuff. And then there's like her sweet center, right? And one daughter was like a fried egg because she just like, it's right there. <laughs> Just all there. <laughs> she's open. She's ready. She's open. No. My one daughter, she's like, this other, you know, this person's a hard boiled egg. So they're like, what, what are you? I was like, well, what am I? Right. Yeah. So this is who am I and what am I up to? My daughter was like, you are just an egg with no shell. <laughs> oh my God. I love this. Okay. Wait, this is really, this is big. I, I think I, um, I vacillate. My egg vacillates. Personally. Okay. Yeah, I go I go from like full hard shell to like fried. Totally. <laughs> I vacillate. <laughs> That's so funny. Well, so apparently I'm just like, I'm all over the, like, you know, to know me is to just be an eggy, messy mess. So that's me. I just put it all out there. You said, is there anything off limits? I'm like, no, nah, I'm good. I so yeah, it. so that's who I am. Marnie, I dig it. I totally <laughs> dig it. Um, so as far as the way that you show up in the world, you coach people in relationships, you, you help people cultivate more love in their life. Um, is that correct? Is that? Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, my mission at Dating with Dignity is really to, to bring more love into the world one person at a time. And so the problem people come to us with is, you know, I have it all going on. This is the one puzzle piece I have not been able to figure out. And I've read the books and I have the t-shirt and I did the meditation class and I did all that. And like, I went to therapy. I like, what? 
still not working. So I help them figure that out. Like what is that 10% that still has been sort of, that's still locked up. And then we kind of clear that out and then we give them a really awesome dating strategy online, offline. And so then they're golden. And then when we work with someone for longer, we help them with their relationship, making sure they don't screw it up. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Let me sabotage this thing that you just helped me create. Let me just... Well, yeah, because... Yeah, your brain is just like, be careful what you wish for, right? And so, um, yeah, it's that, uh, you know, it's the egg with the shell and the fried egg. You know, you're like, wait, I want my shell back. Yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. That's exactly why I vacillate. (laughs) (laughs) Girl, you're you're preaching to the choir right now. Um, This is really important work. And, you know, with everything going on right now between the pandemic, between Black Lives Matter, between, you know, the economy tanking, between everything, you know, I was talking to somebody about the Uh, about this earlier that, you know, hurt people hurt people, but healed people do heal people. Mm -hmm. And it's like in moments of helplessness, yes, we need to show up in the world and and come forward and, and, and help others. But it's so is important for us to show up for ourselves and to cultivate that microcosm to the macrocosm and, and be of service to ourselves, especially in this time. I was just reading about loneliness and how loneliness is like one of the biggest pandemics that we're experiencing and how devastating that could be. Can you talk to us a little bit about loneliness or just lack of relationships? Yeah. Well, a couple things. I mean, I think that number one, and it's so hard to wrap your brain around it, but what I've been saying, kind of my mantra right now is if you want to bring more light in the world, turn the light up in yourself. Ooh, I like it. Yeah. Like, and that's the change, right? Because What I know, and I, you know, I've worked with clients through this whole pandemic and uh, the conversation has never been about the pandemic, right? I mean, there's been some fear and there's been some like, how do I adjust my dating strategy and how, you know, and now I need to talk to my partner about this. But because there's this like strong inner light that there's resilience, right? And that is what I, I, if I could have like sprinkled resilience on all the the millions of people that were literally alone, that didn't have a hug, that, you know, some of them didn't even have a pet, right? And it's like, what can I do to really fill myself up, to meet my needs, to to connect, to, to get my emotional needs, physical, mental, spiritual in a different way? Um, and gosh, you know, I, and then I would see people who were like just pissed, right? And in the yeah. space of uncertainty, what happens is uh, our little brains, our meaning making machine brains are like, I got to blame someone. I got to blame someone. I got to find blame. I got to, you know, I got to go on Facebook and, and target someone, you know, and it's just, it's an armoring. And so it's like, oh, and I know it's so hard, but being courageous and just being quiet and saying, what do I need to turn up in myself? Why do you think it is so hard? And I'm talking pre-pandemic and during pandemic. Why do you think it is so hard for people who, like you said, it's like that 10% that's not working? Like, why is it at that 10%? I mean, I'm sure it varies from person to person, but do you have kind of a general consensus as to why people can't make that aspect of their life work? Yeah, well, there, I, I, there's usually two, two sort of things that are going on. And I talk about this in a, in a training that I do. And it's, it's kind cool. of simple. One is, is that uh, we settle. So we're settling for two things, generally. We're settling for what I call the backup life. 
right? And I hear this all the time. You know, people teeter on this edge of like, once they're unsuccessful in love, they start a narrative of maybe I'm meant to be single. Maybe this is, maybe I'm supposed to be light for other people. Maybe I'm supposed to just be like the best aunt ever, right? Like we start to, to try and again, there's that uncertainty. So we start to make meaning of it and, and accept it. And it's, and the truth is that we can tell ourselves that and we can meditate on it and affirm it and all of those things. But if it's our soul's purpose to partner and we know that that longing is there, that's ineffective. So number one is kind of bullshitting yourself, right? Like, Oh, I'm meant to be alone. Number two is settling for, for no guy or settling for the wrong guy. Yeah. So settling for no guy looks like, you know, I'm a strong woman. I, you know, I'd rather be alone than, you know, be with anyone you were with before. And that's true. Yeah. (laughs) But you don't have to be alone. Right. So, so it's settling for no guy. And then the third thing is settling for the wrong guy. And oh my goodness. I mean, I talk to women who are brilliant, successful, and they're like, I'm low key dating someone who lives in his mom's basement. Um, I've so been that chick. I've me too. So been that chick. I mean, I'm like, wow, this like weird, like cokehead, like Fox News watcher. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm just like, why did I do that to myself? <laughs> like, I don't know. No offense to anyone who watches Fox News. It's just not my bag. Um, or does or does Coke. It's all good. Or does uh, Coke. Yeah, exactly. It's all good. You're right. Um, but I figured I'm like, there's probably more Fox News watchers than Coke heads listening. Yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> They're um, spiritual Coke heads. Okay. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, but that's exactly it. I was, I'm just like, wow, I really, I really did it in. I did it in for myself. So I'm yeah. I've been there. And we, and I've been there too. And and then that creates so much shame, right? Because then you're like, what, you know, like, uh, who am I? What's wrong with me? Um, so those are the, those are, I mean, there's a bunch of categories, but those are the, I think the top, it's easy for someone to say, gosh, that's one of them. And then what happens is like uh, at the core of it, we don't feel emotionally safe. We don't have an ability to feel emotionally safe. Yeah. So then, uh, we attract, we, we either have a guard up right? Or we want someone to fix us or validate us. And then that just, it's like a a web, right? And then that will impact who you attract, et cetera, et cetera. So it all starts with sort of those things. Yeah. What would you say to somebody who was in a relationship like that with one of those like kind of bottom feeder dudes and that Uh, wanted out, but like didn't have (laughs) the gumption to make it happen? Yeah. And by the way, I just want to be really clear. Like he doesn't have to be a Fox News watching cokehead. He can be like the freaking CEO of Mind Body Green. I'm sure, I, you know, whatever. He can be a spirit. He can go to yoga. He yeah. can like drink green juice. Like I, I really want to be clear that these great guys on the outside um, still are just guys who will give you crumbs. So um so I think that's a really, really important thing. And now you have to tell me what the question was because I just wanted to make it sh- clear that we're No, not- I love that distinction and thank you. And you're so right. Those people are really like weird gifts, like strange packages. You're like, wow, you look really cool. And then you get to know them and you're like, wow, never mind. Um, okay, what was I saying? I was saying, what would you tell somebody who is oh, yeah. in a relationship with someone like that. Like that. Oh, yeah. So first of all, you know, people come to me and they're like, are you going to make me break up with them? Like, please, like, I don't know if I can. Like, so here's the thing. Number one is no, right? Like if you could, if you could will your way out of it, you would. So number one is uh, stop beating yourself up about it. 
Okay. No, that's number two. Uh, number one. Number two is start asking yourself what I call a higher quality question. Yeah. Right. Because you can't, what, that question that you said, like, why am I doing that? Like, because I mean, for a million reasons, but you'll never be able to answer that. And even if you do, it's not going to change your behavior. So ask a better question such as, um, what is this relationship trying to show me that I need to let go of? Ooh, I like it. What is this relationship shining a flashlight on about what I need to lean into? Mm-hmm. Right? Like these are the kinds of questions because then you can actually start working on yourself. Yeah. And what happens typically, and because I never make anyone break up with anyone, is, you know, after doing this sort of turning the light up inside work, uh, the attraction starts to go away. You start to get self-respect. You start to have self-worth, dignity, right? Yeah. Uh, and then you're like, wow, this is totally not my guy. Yeah. It's so funny to think too, like as soon as you even said, like, God, you're going to make me break up with him. Like, I feel like anyone who comes to you with that exclamation, like you probably should break up with them. <laughs> you know what I mean? Well, like, yeah. Well, of course, right? It's because we don't want, first of all, most strong women don't want to be told what to do, but right. we know that already and I, they need to feel safe, right? Because I'm not ashamed. I'm not, I'm not shaming them. Yeah. Yeah. I was that person. You were that person. I was, totally. Yeah. Totally. So it's like, it's okay. I get it. Like you don't have to break up with them. Yes. Right. I want you to want to break up with them. Yes. Cause that's the only way it's going to stick anyway. It's like those hundred percent break up with 17 times and you're like, wait, but I love them. And it's like, well, if love were enough. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, someone, uh, a guy I dated who was just not a match many years ago said something really profound. He said, uh, love is necessary, but not sufficient. Ah. And I was like, amen, you know, Max, that was like such a great thing. And uh, I totally loved him and he totally loved me, but we were just totally not a match. And we had a really lovely little ending, but yeah. And then from that place on, it was like, he get, he taught me that. And I was like, okay, so what else, you know, in the journey, what else is important? And that's why it's important to have core values that are the same and, you know, that yeah, kind of thing. But just know that love is necessary, but it's just not enough for the long game. It's not sufficient. That's so good. Thank you, Max. Yes. Way to give us life, Max. So <laughs> something that I'm curious about, because I have a lot of girlfriends with this issue and I certainly have experienced this issue. What would you say to somebody who is, and maybe this is the same thing that I'm talking about, but someone who is not comfortable with what they say they want like I have a girlfriend that's like, here are my core values. This is what I say I want. This is what I know I want. This is what I want in a partner. And then she finds it and then she doesn't want it anymore. And then she's uncomfortable with it. And then every time he tries to get close, she's like, back the fuck up, hold up, back the fuck up. Like, what is that? Like, what is that about? Well, I call that be careful what you wish for syndrome. So okay. it happens <laughs> often. Um, like we'll, when we work with someone, we make sure that we're actually like at least for two weeks working with them while they're dating because our yes. formula is so badass. Like, you know, you will attract quality men. And so then they're like, ah, he's being nice to me. That scares me. Yeah. Um, he's not emotionally abusing me. What? Yeah, exactly. Right. So it's about, uh, we call it a love shield, right? But if the love shield isn't dismantled, 
then when someone is there to begin to see you, know you, love you, and you don't have that emotional safety inside, it feels threatening, right? And I remember when I was going through this, I did this, uh, I went to a retreat experience and I did this exercise and it was so simple and it wasn't with anyone I was dating, but they partnered with us with someone. And the, um, the, the exercise was this, you had to sit across from someone and say, um, I love you. I see your pain and suffering. I love you. Okay. And I went first. So I got to say that and I'm very nurturing and I'll like love on you. Like no matter who you are all day long, that part was easy. <laughs> about, about 60 seconds into it, I was like, oh shit, it's going to be my turn next. Yeah. And I started to get a pit in my stomach. I was like, oh my God, this is going to hurt. This is going to kill me. Someone's going to see me and love me unconditionally just in this moment. And that's when I realized like I have this armor up. I was so afraid after recovering from a breakup from then a divorce. Like if I let someone in, I think I actually might die because it took me so long to get myself back. Oh yeah. Right. And so what happens is I just didn't feel safe. Yeah. You know, I just didn't feel safe. So, um, so that's what needs to happen is we've, and that's very general and your experience and others who are listening might be different, but there's some part of us that says, if I get what I want, if I let this person in, I'm going to be abandoned, left, you know, whatever it is. And, and so we push it away. Uh, it's self-sabotage and oh my gosh, it comes out like, I, <laughs> ladies are like, I just can't get the second date or I did. I mean like, oh my God, you, you did that. Oh, d- he liked you, but you pushed him away. You know? Right. I mean, it just it leaks over everything. And it's deceptive too. It's like, oh, but he's just kind of annoying. You know, like I'll hear, I'll hear friends of mine say something like that. Like, like he's like really does match values. They like have a great time together. The sex is great, all the things. But then it's like, oh, but he just like calls me too much and it just annoys me. Well, that's a great one because I've heard, you know, he's texting too much or he's calling too much. But then on the flip side, your friends are like, why is this guy ghosting? Why does he never ask me out? Why, you know, right? So what's really cool is, and so ask your friend this, um, is like, so what do you actually want? Right. And then you go, great. Why don't you just ask for that? Right. And this was the thing because, so I'm thinking of a specific friend and she totally listens to this podcast. So I love you. Um, uh, she, she knows this about her, I'm sure. But her previous dude was like the total ghoster. And I even said like, if, oh my God, wouldn't you have killed for him to do this though? Like if he did it, wouldn't you have just like died of, of everything? Like it's yeah. irony. It's like, this guy's calling too much. But the previous guy who you were crazy about didn't ever give you the time of day. Wouldn't you have just like killed for him to do this? Well, now this guy's doing it. So. Yeah, yeah, well, that's just it. So then there's a part of your, so, you know, this is some deep shit, but there's a part of your brain, right? That experiences love in a certain way and it's familiar, right? And so when love to us is um, having to work for it, yeah. then, you know, that's familiar. It's, it happened in our childhood, blah, blah, blah. Right. Yeah. And so we're constantly creating what it is that we don't want because of what is familiar and it feels safer, right. To just be yeah. in that longing and wanting. And now we have to let somebody in. So, you know, I've had a client, client once who had that same thing happening. And so I, I helped her like craft the perfect conversation around, you know, which she was really terrified to say, um, can you just not text me so much? Yeah, <laughs> um, totally. you know? 
And, and with a guy, oh God, he was so great. And he was just crazy about her. And he was like, oh, I had no idea. He's like, well, first of all, I really like you. And I haven't really liked anyone in so long. Yeah. And I thought that's what women wanted. Yes. And he was like, just like, what, tell me, like, what do you want? And that's what's so amazing. Cause the right guy, literally all they want to do is make you happy. And I've done so many interviews with men, quality men. And they're all like, you know, I, you, we're not offended if you, you know, say we're puppies that need to be trained. I'm cool with that. I am. I'm a puppy. Train me. I'll totally be the best dog ever. And so they just want to know like, okay, well, should I just text you at night? Some women are like, I just want him to text me like good morning and good night. And then like, I'm thinking of you because I'm really busy during the day. And some women want to banter all damn day long, you know? So, so, um, and I'll just put this out there because for anyone who's listening and they'll be like, what do you want? Uh, what do you need? It's a really amazing question because most of you are like, and I'm sure your friend listening is like, what do I actually want? What is the perfect, I, gosh, I should probably figure that out. Yeah. Yeah, totally. It so comes down to getting clear with ourselves. Yes. The light inside. Yes. The light inside. Okay. So you talked a bit about being safe. And I, and I love that. And I totally relate to that. I, I felt very, very unsafe in many of my relationships, um, and very unsafe and untrusting in my ability to weather, like to weather a breakup or to whatever. How do we start to feel safe and gain our own trust and build trust in relationship with other? Oh, that's so amazing. Well, I think the first step really is to own the feelings that you're having, Mm. right? That's like one of the reasons why I love the tapping solution and Jessica Ortner is so amazing, right? And it's because all of those are just a structured way, commercial for the tapping solution. Yeah, Um, (laughs) yeah, I love them. (laughs) But what I love about that framework is it just, it's so simple, right? It's like a few minutes of saying, um, it makes perfect sense that I feel. Yes. Right. Like you're, you're coaching your friend, uh, right. It makes perfect sense that I feel, um, scared yes. when I, or I feel overwhelmed or I feel afraid or I feel like suffocated, like just whatever your feelings are, just taking a moment and saying to yourself, it makes perfect sense because answer it. You have to say, because when I was da da da, or because I'm afraid it's going to go away or because whatever it is. Um, I have a value around freedom and I'm not expressing that. And I don't know if this person has the same value. So getting clear on that and really, we, we call it the ACE process, right? So number one is like affirm what it is you're actually feeling. Uh, and then the C is to kind of communicate that the little part of you, the younger part of you, whatever part of you is feeling that just communicate that it's, that you've got it as an adult, right? Like, you know what? It's okay. Like part of me that got triggered, little emotional, however old you are. Um, I'm totally just, I know what I need and I'm just going to tell them. It's yeah. okay. You're going to be okay. Ooh, scary, but good. Right? And then you educate um, that new, that part of you and say, here's the thing. This guy isn't Brad. This guy isn't Don. You know, this guy isn't dad. Like, yeah. it's going to be okay. Like, you know what? We have a plan. We're going to see if he can meet my needs and it's be okay. And they're like, ah. So when you start to do that with yourself, yeah. you build self-trust. 
Yes. And then the second part of that that's super important is you have to follow through, right? So you have to, you have to then your that little part of you needs needs for your adult self to actually set a boundary, which is please don't call me all the time. And then she's like, oh my God, I can totally trust you, adult self. Oh, thank you. Yes. And it's so funny because I feel like this, I'm not funny, it's amazing because I feel like this could be applied in so, so, so many ways. I mean, it's not just even relationships. Like this could be, well, it's not even just relationships with person. Like it's our relationship to anything. Like my relationship to food, like like my relationship to, uh, you know, reading, like if I'm a readaholic and I read all day, it's like, okay, well I have to set boundaries and then I have to follow through with those boundaries and like coach myself through that so that I trust myself to like have this different relationship to books or to eating or to whatever it is. A hundred percent. Yeah. It, it's a, it's a life skill to be, to be honest. God, that's huge. That's so huge. Tell me a little bit more about your training programs and what they are and like what, just, just talk to me a little bit about those and what they're about. Yeah. So, you know, look, I'm all about results and integrity. And I think, and I love so many of my colleagues. I was in a Facebook group at one point, like two years ago, I had to get out of it. There was like over 900 dating, quote unquote, dating coaches in there. And I was just like, wow. And they were asking a lot of questions where I was like, wow, wow. You know, like, first of all, you sh- if someone has a serious trauma and you're asking what's a book you can read to coach them, yeah, uh, that is so so unfortunate. Uh, and we're in an industry that's mostly unregulated. So that be, and I love, and honestly, I love the monks are great people. It's nothing about who they are. So what is really important to me is integrity in that I only coach and do the work that is in my scope of my ability. And I have on my team, an actual therapist, (laughs) uh, you know, to deal with that stuff. Um, I have someone on my team who helps you with your, your style, because that's also not what I do, but your image is really important. And usually it's about some way deep shit. That's really not about shopping. Um, right. So I, I like do what I do. And then I bring in people because I think every single thing is important. So that's number one. Number two is what we do is about results. And I, I love doing a lot of work and I do a lot of work on myself. A lot of it, there's like a business, right? Like it's cool to do social media. What's the ROI? Yeah. Right? Like you want some results. So what we do is we have our clients in this 10-week process that we we work with them in. We have them set some measurable, achievable, real, realistic goals, which right. include dating. Um, and we say, all right, we're going to work with you and we're going to make sure that you have the breakthroughs and you, you, uh, you hit the milestones we need you to have to uh, achieve these. And your responsibility is three things. Because this is not a done for you. It's done yeah. with you. It doesn't work that way. You have to be 100% committed to turning the light up inside, right? You have to want to do this work and be committed. You have to be coachable and say, oh, I'm not doing that. No, that doesn't fly in my in my campus. And you you have to be resourceful. And what I mean about that is, yeah, sure, you obviously have to invest in yourself. But with really busy, successful women, it's always about making it a priority and making time. Because I can't, one of the biggest turnoffs to guys that women say all the time, especially when they're scheduling dates, oh, I'm super busy that week. You know, I've had a ton of client meetings this week. I'm slammed. Like, 
Yeah. And that gets in the way and it's a coping mechanism for a lot of people. So the other thing in order to, for this to work is you have to say, I'm going to make, I'm, I give myself permission to say I care. Ooh, I like it. Yeah. So, so if, if someone shows up with those three things and they do our process and they show up in the process that way, then we get them dating and meeting those three to four goals by the end. And, and we do, we have done a market survey on it. Like we, we, we have data, like this is what we do. So I'm about results and integrity. Beautiful. I love that. Um, and so helpful and so important because it's so true. I feel like in, in especially in the kind of wellness community, there's, there's such, a uh, um, emphasis put on like the metaphysical and kind of the, the like more heart centered work of it. But then there's not that yang of like, like that, that there's that yin aspect, but not always the yang of like, and here's the results and like, here's where we're going to get to. I love that there's that balance. Um, something I would love to ask you about is dating during the pandemic. Are yeah. People, yeah. Talk to me about how that's going, about what some of us can do. I am currently single, so I am right in that. Um, I Just advice anything. Yeah. Well, first of all, the, the, the you want to have a paradigm of like anything is possible. Yeah. It, meaning that, you know, I kept kind of holding out the possibility for my clients. There's a famous picture. I think it was after World War II and the soldiers came back and there's this woman and there's this soldier and he like flips her over and he kisses her. Do you remember yeah. that picture? Right. It's famous. Yeah. I get the chills every time I think about it. Mm-hmm. Um, and like, and, and there's that moment for anyone who's dating during this time that's possible with the right guy. And so it's totally totally doable. So we have a dating strategy. We tweaked it a little bit for social distance uh, dating. Uh, The very beginning, it was mostly all virtual because nothing was open and people were only. um, And then, you know, we talked about how you progress social distancing dates. And one of the things that we were really having a lot of conversations about, and I think it's still relevant because we're, everyone's different all over the world, literally, is how are, what are your values? Because it's become like you have to, it's like having the STD conversation, like on your first date. right? Like who have you slept with? Like, I would never ask that on the first date, but you're like, who did you touch? Who have you kissed? How are you doing quarantine? What are your values? Um, and holding on to those values and not worrying that you won't be liked or you're going to be rejected if you do what's right for you, whatever, wherever on that spectrum you fall. Um, and then doing it in a way that isn't pushing someone away. So case yeah. in point, I had a client who went on a couple of social distance dates with this guy. She actually really liked him and he was really cute. And he was like, can I hug you? And she was like, I'm not ready for that yet. And then he was like, okay. And then on the second date, he was like, um, can I br- I would love to like bring some food. They were like doing a picnic. And she was like, um, no, I, I am bringing my own. And so what happened when we kind of did a deep dive on it is that she wasn't really being encouraging and there was no come here. It was all like, no, go away. And because men are human, he was like, does she like me? Is this just about, she just using this as an excuse. Um, Right. And so when he asked her out the third time, he said, you know, I, I'd love to like, 
make you dinner. And she didn't know. How, she didn't know. So what she did was she totally just swerved and kind of avoided it. Well, then he didn't actually ever ask. He went silent for like three or four days. Yeah. Yeah. So I was doing a kind of a, you know, Monday morning quarterback thing. And I was like, oh my God, he asked you out and you just didn't answer. And then you said, no, don't touch my food. And then you said, no, don't hug me. And you never said anything about what you like. So he's probably like, yeah, she's over it. So yeah, we, we crafted a little comeback text. And then literally he was like, so when are you free? I mean, so you can't, you, you got to make sure that while you're setting your values, you're also letting someone know that to, to keep coming forward. Yeah, totally. I mean, I think about myself in this time, you know, like I have a, my, the reason I'm, as I told you, sequestering with my mom, like my mom has stage four cancer. Like I literally cannot see people. I'm completely quarantined. Yep. Um, so it's like, not even like, I'm not even doing the six foot away thing. Like I'm just, I can't risk it, you know? Yeah, of course. So it's this weird moment of like wanting to progress. Like I'm kind of talking to a few people, um, one in particular, but it's like, I don't even know when I'm going to be able to see this person. (laughs) It's so interesting. Um, it just, it's different to navigate. Definitely. It is. And look, here's the thing, you know, back in the day, people wrote love letters, uh, right. And they talked on the phone and they built relationships and now we have, you can see each other. Right. And that's super amazing and super cool. And, you know, I believe with the right person, as long as there's a plan, right. There's some like hope there's some like whatever it is that, and, and you talk about it and you talk about how hard it is and what's at stake. And I'm sure the right guy totally understands. It just really creates this deeper emotional connection yeah. and you will be together. Uh, and, and in the meantime, you're practicing creating different kinds of connection because so many times we get, we all get lost in the physical and we stop developing the other parts. So it's just building new muscles. Yeah, that's totally true. Yeah. It's so, so unique. I mean, I find, I don't know if you are finding that it's becoming more like this or less like this, but what I'm seeing as a millennial, um, on the later end of millennial, but I'm still a millennial is that, you know, I feel like dating now that there is so much out there, it's almost like, it's almost like overwhelming that there's so many people like you can go online. Like if I wanted a date tomorrow, I could have one, you know, like, right. You know, do you feel that that like kind of over, over stimulus, over availability is getting in the way of like real intimacy or what's your take on that? Well, I think up until the pandemic, that was definitely like, that was for sure. I think there's so many more hoops to jump over now that a lot of people, um, if you're not gonna do X, Y, and Z, they're just sort of not interested. Um, so I think that kind of makes it uh, a little bit easier, but Look, how you do one thing is how you do everything. So if you're looking for a buffet, um, it might be a coping strategy. One of the things I always hear ladies do is they'll go out on a date, whether it was great or it was mediocre and on the way home, you know, like they're swiping. Um, And it's just like, it's a distraction. It's a coping mechanism to get rid of whatever feelings you're having, right? So like anything, you know, like anything, look at the pattern, right? Like, are you using it to push people away? Are you using it because you're afraid to commit? Are you, you know, what's your intention? Yeah. Um, and 
and you're, you know, everyone is responsible for how they show up. And I'm a fan of keeping the funnel going, right? Like dating um, a couple of people, collecting data, making different choices. If you're using it to self-soothe or to numb or for validation, probably stop. Yeah, totally. That's, that's really, really good insight. If you were to give women who are, you know, like the people you work with, entrepreneurs or kind of, you know, that kind of type A personality, if you were to give them maybe one or two pieces of big advice who are just getting back into the dating world, what would you say? Well, number one is check your limiting beliefs at the door, right? Because if you have a bunch of them, like, uh, I live in Manhattan. There's definitely like, you know, there's just fuck boys here or, you know, the finance bros, right? Like, that's a big thing there. Uh, if you live in a really small town, there's no men in my town. If you live, you know, whatever, I'm too old, I'm too fat, I'm too big, I'm too small. Right. Um, all that. So I hate online dating, whatever it is, right? You have a suitcase, you have a trunk, you have like a storage unit of crap. So yeah. just, I had a client uh, do this the other day uh, and she came up with, she said she could have kept going. She came up with 50 limiting beliefs right, about dating and herself and her fear that she was leading with, just starting out. And I was like, wow. Uh, And so if you follow that through and imagine there is a guy that you're sitting across from the table with and he had all the same ones. Yeah. Yikes, right? So number one is check your limiting beliefs and do something about it. Because the online dating or dating itself will not make your problems go away. It will make them worse. Yes mirror mirror on the wall yeah yes a hundred percent so that's my first uh piece of advice and then the second piece of advice is um there are skills to dating and there is a process and it totally works so figure out like be smart about it it is an algorithm it's yeah right? It's a math problem. You don't need 70,000 apps and 14 websites. Like if you can go out on one date a week yeah. with a quality guy, yeah. do it and make sure that your marketing and branding is on point. Yes. That's so real. Oh my God. I, I it's especially as someone who has been on the apps lately. Um, I, it's so easy for me to swipe left no on people that haven't taken the time to actually cultivate a thoughtful response to a question or you know actually show up in a way you know that shows that they're actually you know if if someone just doesn't write anything on their profile I'm like they don't give a fuck a hundred percent uh yeah (laughs) yeah I just coach someone on my show and um she doesn't have professional photos so that's a big no Um, and we looked at her profile and she pulled it up and we, (laughs) the first paragraph had like pretty much every single sentence had like three or four glaring mistakes. Right. And and she was like, oh my gosh, oh my, holy crap. Like she was just leaking that 10% all over it. Um, and then it turns out, yeah. And then it turns out she's like, oh my God, you know what? I'm actually kind of showing up on dates like this too. Oh crap. So, um, so make sure, and so her profile is just, anyway, it, every, you leak, every, it shows up everywhere. So make sure that you have the right assets, you have the right strategy. It's not about 
quantity, it's about quality. And so make sure that you are fishing in the exact right pond. So many women will be like, well, I don't want to say that because I don't want to limit every limit someone. I'm like, but do you want the guy who's the Fox News coquette? You don't. So, you know, don't be really specific. You know, I'm a, I am a conservative. I mean, if you love Donald Trump, which is fine, like put it in there some way, you know, like I, you know, I love, I love America. Like, great. Like, but be like, be specific, you know, like be specific because you don't need a hundred you need one. That is just so good. Um, okay. So this actually is a question that I got on social media about relationship. I did a little like evaluation of something and someone was asking about, okay, so I have this friendship that I like, it's, it's weird. It's like, I know this person is so right for me. We have similar values, but I don't necessarily feel that like, oh my God, attraction to them. And it's not that he's not attractive. It's that, um, it's that for some reason there's no like boom chemistry. What do I do with that? Like, do I have a conversation around that? Does something need to change? Does something need to shift? So basically this person is like, I feel like this person's right for me, but for some reason, neither of us have made a move. There's no like crazy chemistry. Is there any conversation that needs to be had? Well, I think, you know, look, first of all, you got to do like the check, like, are you emotionally available? Is there an unconscious gain of having someone in the friend zone? So that's number one, because that'll really impact chemistry. Um, Number two is uh, if you like, if you want to like this person, if you're having a feeling about it, then it's really amazing way to create connection is vulnerability. Oof. Right. So, you know, we're such great friends and I just adore this and this. And it really scares me to say this because obviously I don't want to, you know, hurt our friendship. But um, I, I would love to explore something romantic and it's really scary. I, what are you on? I'm in a place where I'm looking for, you know, this and that. Like, have you thought about that? What about you? Yeah. Yeah. That's super powerful. Yeah. And they're like, oh my God, because you know, what if <laughs> the same thing? And if he doesn't, then you're like, oh, phew, we're just friends. And then there's no underlying weirdness. Totally. I think that's a really good one because I actually have had, I've had that experience myself. Um, and I definitely think that this is sort of a universal thing. I've actually had that with a few guy friends where it's kind of like, this could be something, but we're definitely friends. And like, I don't want to rip your clothes off, but like, maybe that's just because it's actually like healthy. Yeah. You know, like maybe actually this is like very, very right. <laughs> and like what we're used to is very, very wrong. Um, no. Yeah. I- well, our, our, you know, look, for a lot of women, our, what we, th- it's like the, the Max quote, right? Like we think what makes a great relationship is uh, the way we felt when we were dating when we were like 16 or the bad boy or whatever it is, right? So when we don't have that, we don't equate that with, with uh, a relationship. Right. Yeah. Cause that shit's explosive. Yeah. It's just not long-term fun. It, it's not it. Okay. So I'm just going to ask you, I, first of all, Marnie, you're awesome. I so oh, love talking you. to you and I can't wait for my little savages to get their hands on this. Um, I am going to ask you just some random questions so we can get to know you better. Just okay, like great. this or that either, or whatever. I and love I'm, it. I'm just going to make them up. Great. Coffee or tea? Coffee. Sex or sleep? 
sleep. (laughs) (laughs) The irony here is fabulous. And I love it. So, so into it. Um, New York or LA? New York. Oh shit, girl. You live in LA. I love it. I know. Right. I don't know. My daughter was living in New York before the pandemic and I loved going to visit her. I loved leaving, but oh, it's so much more fun than LA. It's I'm totally with you. I lived in New York for 11 years. So I totally get it. Um, ebook or hard copy? You know, lately hard copy. Same. I mean, I love my little ebook for its convenience, but the the hard copy is just like, it's so good. It's so Uh, good. Beach or mountains? Beach. Love that. Um, cocktail dress or pajamas? Well, pandemic. Actually, oh, I'm going to say neither. I, I'm more like um, business casual. <laughs> yeah. Yes. I love it. You're like, fuck that. I'm going my own route. Yeah. Um, vulnerability is? Challenging as fuck. Yes. Amen. Love is? Amazing. I'm grateful for breath. Beautiful. Marnie, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. You have been such an awesome guest and just where can we find you? Datingwithdignity.com. Woo! Woo! All right, my love. Have a good one. All right. Thank you. Bye everyone. Bye. All right, you guys, thank you so much for carving out the time to listen to this wisdom, to listen to uh, all this goodness. Um, Once again, gentle reminder to please check out savagelosangeles.com to learn more about my new company that I'm so proud of. I hope it inspires you to create and cultivate a life that you dig. Um, And also, if you are down and have, you know, oh, I don't know, 10 seconds, then please, please give this podcast a five-star review on iTunes. Super easy. Just give it five stars, maybe say a few kind words. And if you dug it, please share it with your friends. I would be over the moon with gratitude. Um, All right. You guys are the bee's knees. Much love. Stay savage. Stay savage.